Good morning and welcome to episode 65 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsleader and are my observations, my opinions, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Today, the episode 65 is entitled, The Whistle Only Had a Half of a P. And I'll explain that as we go along, because I think that's a great title for today's podcast, because we have officially, and when I say officially, think in your mind, all caps, all capital letters, because the basketball season is officially wrapped up as far as Huntington is concerned as the Phillies lost last night over in Camden. In, in the semifinals of the Region 6-2A tournament, 54-40 to to Gibson County. Now, that game was a whole lot closer than that 14-point margin that we just mentioned because the Phillies actually led for two and a half quarters of that basketball game. I trailed 38-34 to going into the final quarter. Didn't score a point until there was about two minutes left in the game. Uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, Gibson County went to the foul line a lot of times in the fourth quarter uh, to pull out a 14-point victory. And as I say, uh, that game was a lot closer than that final score indicated. I'm going to be perfectly honest here on this podcast, and I always do that. I, I say that, I think, on a weekly basis, that I'm going to give you my honest opinion on things. And let me start out by saying this, because I've been in the situation that those gentlemen in the striped shirts are wearing. I've been in their situation. Uh, just that, re just not recently. I, I've never refereed on a level that these guys do. And with that being said, there, there's more to that comment than what I. Boy, there's more to this than I'm gonna get into. Let's put it that way, because I, I can relate to some extent, but I can't relate uh, totally to what they are doing. But on the other hand, I shouldn't have to, and I'll explain that as I go. It's hard to officiate. You've heard me say that before on any podcast. I've, I've written about it. it. It's it's really a difficult time to be an official in any sport because when you officiate, you have to deal with unruly fans. I've written a couple of articles or a couple of columns uh, that that get into this subject. You know, do are referees bad because the fans are unruly? Or the fans aren't really because the referees are bad. It's it's a combination of both. But what I'm going to be honest with you about at this point, and again, let me go back. I've officiated, and I've officiated a lot. It's mostly been youth basketball. Just just recently, I did some upward basketball. I got yelled at by a coach. There's this upward basketball. It's supposed to be a Christian-based uh, atmosphere. Uh, the coach was saying some very derogatory things toward me. Now. With that being said, I'm there to volunteer. I'm giving up my time because I think that's a worthy program, upward basketball. I'm not getting paid a dime. And 
I consider myself pretty decent. Am I better than most? Yes. Am I not great? I, I don't consider myself great because I don't do it enough. The mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Now, these officials that we were talking about, and, and let me say this and, and kind of help get into what I'm talking about. The officials made a difference in the basketball game last night as far as hanging and losing. It made a difference. All right, let's go back to my statement. I can relate to those guys as far as how hard it is to do. But those guys are supposed to be trained. They're supposed to know all the rules, and I don't. I've never sat down with a, a basketball rule book and studied it. And I just I know the game because I've watched a million games. That doesn't make me an expert. These guys are supposed to be experts. Okay? When I say the whistle only had half of a P because for the first half of that basketball game last night, and maybe even into the fourth quarter a little bit, or into the second half a little bit, the whistle blew one way. There at one time, and this made a difference in the basketball game because the foul discrepancy at one time was 18 fouls against Hayden, one against Gibson County. Okay, you can say, and I've heard this commented a lot by officials, and I've been in this situation. Well, one team committed eight fouls, another team only committed one. Well, that wasn't the case last night because both teams were playing the same style of basketball. And when I say they were playing the same style of basketball, they both were very good defensive teams. They were both very aggressive on defense. Both teams were pressing. But what was getting called on one end was not getting called on the other end. We were getting called for touch fouls. We were getting called fouls for simply because Lily Key was taller than anybody on the floor. There was a couple of times she got called for fouls because she was taller. Now, when both teams are playing the same style of play and the fouls are eight to one, then something's not right. And that's the way I felt about that game last night. I got real passionate about it. And, and I normally don't say this because I give officials the break. I usually lean in their direction because, because it is a very difficult thing to do. It is a job that nobody wants to do because of fans. And I understand that. It's a job that's very difficult to do. But those guys are getting paid to do it. When I get yelled at in upward basketball, I'm putting my whistle up and going home because I'm not getting paid for it. These guys are getting paid $100 a game. It's good money. So a little yelling at, you ought to be able to tolerate. But there was one of the three officials in particular last night that had no clue what he was doing. Lily Key, and we've talked about this a lot on these podcasts, Lily Key was the best basketball player on that floor. She probably played less than 15 minutes of that game. Now, you're talking about a 32-minute game, four eight-minute quarters. She spent most of her time on the bench because she picked up two quick fouls in the first quarter and then a third foul in the second quarter. And she set for most or just about all of the third quarter, and then she goes in 
and get, picks up her fourth and doesn't come back in until it's almost too late. And still, despite that, she had eight points and eight rebounds and two blocks. Think about that. In less than 15 minutes of action. I, I didn't keep up with how, actually how much she played, but she didn't play much because she got in foul trouble. She got called for fouls at least twice simply because she was the tallest player on the floor. Now, you could argue, well, it was over the back. Some, you know, some people could argue that. But the same foul was not being called on the other end. There was a couple of times where our girls were getting bowled over and like a bowling pin, like a bowling ball hitting a bowling pin, and no foul was called. And then we get called for a touch foul. The game was poorly officiated. It made a difference in the basketball game. Now, I will say this, told Coach Wilkins this last night. Best defensive effort of the season. No doubt about it. Phillies came in with the best game plan defensively I've seen them come up with all year. The key to beating Gibson County was to stop Micah Hart. They held her to 11 points. And she got, well, she had two of those in the fourth quarter, but and she had five in the first. Great defensive effort. We had Sidney Anderson on her a lot. Uh, Annabelle Singleton on her a lot. They were double teaming her when she got to basketball. I just thought it was a great, great, great game plan. But where we got hurt was we had trouble scoring the basketball. But we had trouble scoring the basketball because a kid that's going, averaging almost 20 points a game and almost 10 rebounds a game was sitting on the bench because they called fouls on her that maybe were not fouls. And that hurt. That hurt big time. We led after one quarter 11 to 9 in that game last night. Led 20 to 19 at half. And I thought really at that point we were going to win the basketball game. Gibson County picked up the pace in third. Outscoring us 19 to 14. Outscored us 16 to 6 in a final quarter. And... Gibson County shot 16 foul shots in the fourth quarter. 16 foul shots. Okay, I know, I know you can argue, and that was part of it, the reason they shot 16. And by the way, Lily Goad, 10 of 10 in that final quarter. She had 11 points for the game, and they all came from the foul line. 11 to 12 from the foul line. But you can argue those 16 foul shots came because we were behind and fouling, trying to uh, make them miss foul shots. And yes, that, there was some truth to that. But let me go back. Let me go back and look. 16 in the final quarter. Let me count them up. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 foul shots for the basketball game for Gibson County. 32 foul shots. Now, they didn't make all that. Let's go back. And do a little adding. Just bear with me. Be patient. Okay, there's 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 19, 21, 22. 22 out of 32 from the foul line. 22 of their 54 points came from the foul line. Now, let's reverse that. Let's look see how many of the Phillies shot. Okay, there's 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14 foul shots. 
We shot 14 foul shots to their 32. Think about that. Was there a discrepancy? I, I think so. But there's three seniors last night that uh, they had tears in their eyes as they left the court. Aaliyah Fuller had already fouled out. And then Coach Wilkins, touch class when you want to look at it, took his two seniors out when the game was decided so they could get uh, applause from the fans, uh, get a little recognition from their teammates. Three very good senior basketball players that this old sports writer is going to miss because they, they're, a great, they're a great bunch of girls. They're excellent basketball players. They'll, they'll be successful at whatever they choose to do in the future. And I have no doubt that brighter things are ahead for these girls. But it's heartbreaking to see them lose a game in the manner that they had to lose that game in last night. And I know I'm sounding like one of those fans that uh, complain. I, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not that way. I will always give the officials, and I mentioned it a few minutes ago, the benefit of the doubt. Because it's a tough, tough job to do. But if you're going to put on that whistle, be fair. And I haven't said this all year. I've seen some games that were poorly officiated. Uh, the one up at uh, Stewart County last Saturday night one of the poorest officiating games I've ever seen in my life. I, and and one where Willidiki misses the foul shot, the ball, nobody realizes that it's not uh they they all they all thought she had two shots and so everybody just stood there and the ball bounced on the floor and somebody realized it was and everybody went running for the basketball because it's live. And the official picks it up because he didn't know either. And then there was another time where on a foul shot, Stewart County player missed the rim. And the rules are, and I do know some of them, that if it doesn't hit the rim, that it automatically goes to the other team. They let it play on. That, that, that's, that's just stupid mistakes. But I always take up for the officials. But last night, their call of the game decided who won or lost. Phillies played well enough to win. Did, and you could go and you could argue that Yes, they didn't score enough to win the game, and that's part of it. I, and that that is true. They had their chance. They could have put it away, but they, you know. Uh, anyway, it's not all to blame on the officials, but the officials made a difference in the basketball game. We might not have won anyway if they caught it both ways, but our chances would have been a whole lot better. But last night, Sophie Singleton playing her last game in a Phillies uniform. Uh, 12 points, 8 rebounds. She had a heck of a basketball game. Made three threes. And, you know, when you only score 40 points, she had 12. Uh, Leah Fuller told her mother this morning uh, that Leah, in my opinion, played her best game of the season. She played a hard out. She ended up with 11 points and several steals scrappy flying all over the floor and she was one of the she went to the foul line five times and that's you know i mean lily goad went to the line 10 times in the fourth quarter for gibson county and then sydney anderson you only had five points last night but you know 
Uh, she did a great job at the times that she was on Michael Hart, one of the best players in West Tennessee. Phillies played hard. I'm going to miss those three girls. Do you know the, the future's bright? When you look at next season, you got Lily Key coming back. You got Annabelle Singleton coming back. She had five rebounds last night and had three of those in the first quarter. And then you got uh, Sarah Beth Smith that played a lot last night. Uh, and let me tell you this. If, she, if, if Sarah Beth Smith plays next season like she did last night, she played with a lot of intensity. Uh, she actually had two or three blocks in that game last night. She ended up with six rebounds. She only scored two points. But she came in when Lily Key went to the bench with foul trouble, and the Phillies could have easily got blown out. But Sarah Beth helped keep them in the basketball game. I thought she played a heck of a basketball game. And I really saw last night what she's capable of doing. Now, she's not going to score like Lily because she's just not she's not as agile. She's not as athletic. But, man, uh, she's going to be a force next year because she's going to rebound. She's going to play defense. She's going to make it hard for other teams to score inside defensively. So when, when you got her coming back and, and then Delaney Byers and Josie Stokes and, and, and Quinn Kelly, uh, the Phillies are going to be in good shape next year. Won't be as deep, but but they're going to be one of the teams that are going to be favored uh, to move on past where they got to last night. Now, Gibson County, Westview will play for the region championship Wednesday night, tomorrow night, and both of those teams are guaranteed a sub-state game Friday night. So there's a very good chance that if they can get past Loretto or Summertown, which is probably the way it's going to be, uh, then they're going to both wind, wind up in a state tournament. You know, Philly's played in a tough district all year long. They played in a district that three of those five teams in that district were in the top ten of the state in the polls all season long. And the Phillies were that third team outside looking in. But it was a great season. I think uh, 24 wins on the season or 23. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, only seven losses, and four of those came to Gibson County, two came to Westview, and then one to McKenzie. All three of those teams are still playing. So, great season. I don't care how you look at it. Uh, again, those girls are going to be missed. But they had a great career. And if you see them, pat them on the back because they deserve it. And just a tough, tough loss last night under some tough, tough circumstances. And again, and I don't want to belabor the point, and I wouldn't say it, trust me, I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. If I didn't uh, feel this way about it, but the, the, the officials had a bearing on that game last night. And you don't ever want to say that. I don't want to say that. And I, I know two of those guys, and they're not bad officials, but as a group, those three together last night, made a difference in who won or lost. They're not the reason the Phillies lost. They're not the reason Gibson County won. But they made a difference in the game. And officials should never make a difference in the game. That's just my honest opinion. 
But anyway, let's move on to something else because I, yeah, I could get, you know, I could have tears in my eyes right now because I, I hurt, I hurt for these girls. But they played, they played well. Again, best defensive effort I've seen them. Game, I told David Wilkins last night, best game plan you've ever had, uh, defensively, and it worked. And but anyway. Uh, let's move on because I promised this two weeks ago and actually uh, talked about it last week also. But the middle school uh, had its athletic banquet last week. I was there in attendance for that uh, to uh, record all of their sports. Now, they have the athletic banquet. They only have like one a year. You know, the high school has a football banquet, and then I'll have a basketball banquet, and I'm looking forward to the, the next basketball banquet. And we've, all, of course, already had the football banquet. But the middle school kind of does it different because they just do, you know, they've got a lot of sports going on. they got as many sports going on as high school. But they'll have one banquet. They talked about having it in May so they could include baseball. But that just, uh, that's the logistics of that's too difficult when you get into May because of uh, uh, graduation. You're getting close to the end of school. And baseball season might run a little longer than they want it to and all that good stuff. So it's just, it just they just went ahead and did it. And trust me, high school baseball and softball get left out left out of banquets because their season doesn't start to March, two weeks away, as a matter of fact. And then uh, by the time they end, the first week in May or whatever, it's just hard to squeeze in a banquet when you got everything else going on, getting prepared for graduation and all that kind of stuff. The middle school they recognize all of their sports in one banquet, and the sports included the fall and winter sports if you want to call basketball winter sport you could include it in the fall too but it you know, runs over into uh this year the Huntington middle school mustangs basketball team uh played at the end of january and it was a night and i wrote the uh column or i wrote the article for the newspaper and first sentence was it was a night of championships because when you talk about the three middle school or the there was three championships that the basketball team won uh, of course the mustangs the boys team won a state championship in basketball the middle school girls basketball team won the county championship now that's a that's a big deal the boys won the county championship uh, again, that's a big deal because you you got your built-in rivalries like McKenzie and West Carroll and uh, Clarksburg involved in that. And, uh, Brewston won't play in that anymore. And I, I just won't even go there. Don't I don't understand that. But anyway, I won't go there. But so that's a big deal when you're you can say you're the champion of Carroll County because there's some. Uh, tradition-based, and a lot of pride in Carroll County as far as sports go. Middle school football team, 6-1 and one for the season. Uh, their only loss came to Martin, and boy, am I glad I'm through with Martin for the next two years as far as high school goes, or at least the next two years. And until they reclassify again, sometimes you wonder why they keep doing all that stuff. It just keeps getting more confusing because uh, next year, uh, basketball, for example, being a four-team district. And we'll automatically make the region next year. You ain't got to do nothing to earn the region. You just got to show up and play. But let me go over some of the awards from uh, 
last Tuesday night, February the 21st, is when that banquet took place because we did a, a podcast uh, that morning of, so we didn't have those results as uh, we did our podcast last week. But let's look at what we have uh, so far. The banquet started, and I'll just kind of recap that the best I can in the next five minutes. Uh, Shelby Harvey, uh, Shelby Hardy, excuse me, and uh, Amber Douglas were the cheerleader coaches. Uh, talked about the cheerleaders, gave them all certificates. Then the softball team uh, that was Leish Warbritton, Catherine Kreisiger, and Erica Seals were the coaches for those teams. Uh, presented the players with uh, certificates for participation. That's hard to say early in the morning, but they didn't get out of any. They didn't give out any of individual awards uh normally do not and then we got into the girls basketball uh again that's monica ezel and hannah chumney uh chumley but anyway they finished second in obine county tournament or obine tournament and the uh they won the county tournament their individual awards uh, most improved was Millie Luther, Sportsmanship Award, Taylor Canavan, Coaches Award, Emmeline uh, Manus, Best Defensive Award went to Camden Sellers, Rebound Award went to Tatum Rich, Hustle Award, Greer Bartholomew, Spark Award, Wiley Key and Allie Harris, and the MVP of the basketball team was Knox Bennett. Very good basketball team, and every one of those players that I mentioned except for Taylor Canavan is back next year. So they all have a real good team. I know Monica, I've talked to her a few times about it, and uh, she's excited about next year and the future of Huntington basketball. Then the boys uh, had their individual awards. And, of course, as I mentioned, boys basketball, they were 19-4, and four, won the Carroll County Tournament, and then they were state champs. And uh, Macon Bullock uh, commented that it really kind of started, they set the goal. There's this picture that's hanging in the lobby of the middle school gym of the 2003 state championship middle school basketball team. And they went out there and they just stood around and looked at that, sat down and talked about it. And they, they wanted to set that as their goal. Well, they accomplished it. And by the way, yours truly will have a picture of the group this year that won the state championship. He went up there with his camera, that's me, and took a picture for those guys, and they're going to hang that on the wall. So that's going to be a proud moment for me every time I walk in the gym and see that I got to be a part of that also. But uh, their individual awards, Coaches Award went to Grayson Anderson, Playmaker Award, Hayes Eubanks, Most Improved Award, Zayden Conley, Defensive Player of the Year, Kylan Turner, Most Valuable Teammate, Lucas Smith, Leadership Award, Bryson Holiday, and MVP of that basketball team, Kenton Smith. And then uh, the basketball team, um, excuse me, the football team had their their turn. And again, as mentioned, six and one, uh, their individual awards. The only game they lost was to Martin, and uh, Ty Simpson's younger brother was on that team, and it was a close game. I think it was 18-6, to six maybe, something like that. But the uh, most improved player, Colin Turner, the Count on Me Award, Wyatt Pruitt and Brendan Meggs, Mustang Award, Lucas Smith, 
Offensive Line Award, Braden Davis. Defensive Lineman Award, Ashton Donnell. Captain's Award, that's voted on by the team, Braden Davis and Kenton Smith. Offensive MVP Award, Kenton Smith. 159 carries, 1,088 yards. Those were my stats. Uh, They are official because I only took any. And the Defensive MVP Award, Bryson Holiday. So uh, when you think about it and and you go back and you look at the success that those middle school teams had, you have to be excited about the future because the future is bright for Huntington Sports. And I'm looking forward to to the next few years if I don't get too old and retire from all this stuff. Do you know, I was telling my wife this morning, when, when you think about it, and, and I don't mean this in a boastous, boastous way, or I, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging on myself, maybe to put it in better terms. But if I didn't do this, folks, who would? Really, think about it. Because nobody's going to do it for the money that the newspaper pays you. I can tell you that. You have to, you have to love it, and I truly do. And uh, when people thank me for it, you don't have to do that because I'm getting more out of it than anybody else is because I don't care what you say about me. It doesn't matter what you say because my blood runs blue and gold. I love this place. And I want these kids to succeed, and I'm on their, I'm on their side, and I'm just happy that I can make memories for them. So that's going to do it for us today. We'll come back next week. And we'll try to do it better.